Hi, welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant. And I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And today's episode is brought to you by Fairhaven Health. With the Milky's Milk Tray, you can freeze your breast milk into one-ounce sticks so that you can thaw just the right amount of milk for each feed. And today's episode is also brought to you by Nursing Queen. Nursing Queen offers stylish nursing clothes that will make your life easier and that you'll want to wear long after your nursing days are over. But first, Diane has our review of the week. Okay, our review of the week this week is from Mama H 2018, and it's called Nursing to Sleep. As you remember, we did an episode on Nursing to Sleep not that long ago. Yes, yes, Mm -hmm. so much yes. My five-month-old needs me. Why is that a bad thing? I won't stop nursing to sleep, and I won't apologize for it either. Also, I tell every nursing mom I know about this podcast. It validates the struggles, small successes, and forms a beautiful community of nursing mamas. Thank you, thank you. So thank you so much, Mama H, for your... That's so... I know, it's so cool. That's so cool. It's so cool to think of this as having a community. I know. Like there's a community, like there's a whole community here. That's so cool. I love it. And if you haven't listened to that episode, definitely check it out because it is a good one. Um, And keep, don't forget to send us a review. Keep sending us reviews. You can be our review of the week. We'd love to hear your feedback on, on the podcast and any ideas you might have too. And what are we going to talk about today? What do we got? Well, so this week is um, you are going to help us through, um, I guess, really the phases of breastfeeding, right? I mean, we're going to be talking about the changes after the first month of breastfeeding. Yes. So, right? I mean, but I mean, so there's a lot of changes. I mean, isn't breastfeeding the same? Like one month, two months, three months, one year, two years, three years? (laughs) It's all the same, it's all right? The same. Don't expect any changes whatsoever. The podcast is over. No, it's there is so much. Like it just it always feels like once you think you're getting into like a routine that it's just it changes. Oh, that is so I annoying. Know. That is really one of the most frustrating things about parenting. I remember in the beginning, and we're not even starting talking yet, and I have an aside. Um, we, I remember just being like, oh, my God, it's so hard. It's so hard. And people would be like, oh, well, just wait. It gets easier. It gets easier around three months. Oh, it gets easier around six months. It gets easier around nine months until I realized they're all freaking liars. Like, it's never. It's not. It doesn't. Like, it's not. It. it you know what it does? It, it is like... Like, if you're sick of the phase you're in right now, don't worry. Because you'll be is. in something new in just a second. And right. it's not going to be all that easier. It's still going to be hard. It's going to be hard when they're 5 and 10 and 20. You know, it's it, it's just, it'll be different. Yeah, it's just a different challenge. That's all. It's just a different challenge. And what we're going to talk about, though, is like, you bring these babies home and you kind of get into this, like, you know, culture shock, deer in the headlights kind of phase that you're like, what the hell just happened? And then you're like, okay, we get into it and then things start to change. And then we question because we still aren't really like all that confident in what we're doing yet because we're only a month in, right? right? Or a couple weeks in, two weeks in, three weeks in. And now all of a sudden stuff is like, oh my gosh, what is going on? What 
And it could be that nothing was working up until now. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be that you're struggling big time and now things start to change and like you haven't even gotten your feet under your body right. yet. Absolutely. You're still recovering. I mean, it's just like it could be that, you know, none of it's even feeding related. It's, ha- you know, it's completely has to do with other things, but you question the feeding because we always question the feeding. So we are going to talk yeah. about a few of these little things that can kind of come up that we you might be like, oh, my gosh, I didn't even realize that was a thing that that was going to happen, that this is that's why this, you know, that's why my baby was behaving like that or or whatever. So these are kind of like changes that happen probably anywhere from like two weeks into the first, you know, after the first month. When it comes to breastfeeding, like your breasts are going to start feeling less full. And I think that's one of the biggest ones because it's such you know, a huge thing. It's so huge. Your milk comes in and you're feeling full and the baby feeds and it fills right back in and you're just like, you're kind of uncomfortable. And But you get used to that, you know, like you kind of get used to that fullness And then after a few weeks, your body starts to adapt to what the baby is telling it. And now you don't feel as full anymore. I feel like that engorgement is like a visual and a physical sensation validation that there's milk in there and that things are working. Mm -hmm. And when that goes away, when you don't have that visual or that physical feeling anymore, it's like there's no way to actually know that it's still working. You know, because we don't have that anymore. We don't really have that, that just kind of that trust, you know, that just that faith, that kind of just instinct that that things are going because we're so separated from like the natural world and breastfeeding. and We don't Mm -hmm. see it and all of these things. And so that goes away and you're like, oh, my God, there's nothing in there. That's why it's like you feel like the milk is gone, you know. Yeah. It's crazy, but it's not. That's so scary. And people and you freak out. You just it's like the only thing you can do is go, oh, my God, my body doesn't work. My baby's not getting enough. It's terrifying. You don't know what you did to make that happen. It's like you woke up and it was like that, you know, but this is normal. Like your body's adapting. You're not supposed to walk around full and uncomfortable for the entire duration of your breastfeeding relationship with your baby. You're supposed to be like. Your body is supposed to adapt. I think, and I know, like every obviously every story is different, but I remember being in my pre-pregnancy bras by like six months with the twins, and still had you know was making plenty of milk to feed these babies for however much longer I fed them for. And it, but it's right. just like your body just adapts, you know. It just kind of like you you stop feeling so it's full, sup- and it, it and it's supposed to do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's supposed to do that. You're not supposed to feel engorged for much longer than a month. Like that would be, that's not, that would be unusual. Right. I mean, if the baby goes a long span, of t- like all of a sudden the baby sleeps five hours or something, then yes, you're going to be. Sure. But during the day when the baby's yeah. eating frequently, you shouldn't be feeling that fullness all the time. Like that's, you should be more comfortable. And that's what people start to freak out. They get used to that full feeling and then all of a sudden they're not feeling that full anymore. Now, one of the other things that happens is the baby starts to become a more efficient feeder. So here you had this baby in the beginning that was taking a long time and that was like really slow feeding and was taking, you know, half an hour to eat. And now all of a sudden they're taking 10, 15 minutes maybe. And that's when I'll get calls and moms will be like, the baby's not eating for very long. 
uh, something must be wrong. Either maybe there's not enough milk there, maybe the letdown's not good enough, maybe, you know, whatever people are plugging into our brains about what could be wrong. But your baby's becoming more efficient and they're supposed to feed in a decent amount of time like that. They're not supposed to stay on the breast and feed for, you know, 45 minutes. They could hang out there if you're fine with that, you know, like it's that's fine for them to comfort nurse and all that stuff. But for them to like nurse and like feed and get their feeding done and over with, it shouldn't be 45 minutes. Like that will cause a problem with your milk supply too. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. I remember like, in the beginning when they just wanted to like, I mean, like they just live constantly like oh, right yeah. there at your That's breast. That's the only place they want to be. Like I would, yeah, my husband would leave for work in the morning and I've told the story before, like I would just be sitting on the couch and he would hand me the remote, like bring me a bunch of stuff. <laughs> and like I knew all the shows that were on at like seven, eight, nine, I would just go through them all. And like he would come home and he'd be like, have you moved? And I'm like, not really. <laughs> yeah. Mm-mm. Like he would just be on my on my breast the whole day and then it would start you know it's like oh my god this is so hard and it is it's so hard it's so hard um but then then you know then they're kind of eating quicker and then they're looking around and then pretty soon they're crawling and then they're walking and then oh my god then it's you know then they're married it's a whole new ball game yeah (laughs) (laughs) then they're married and having their own children (laughs) but it's different Right. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. It's just, you know, it's, yeah. That doesn't, it doesn't stay that mm-hmm. way. And it feels like you're going to be trapped under this baby forever. It feels like that. It's like, oh my God, this baby is just, it's all they're going to do. All they're ever going to do is just lay here. Yeah. It, no. It feels so unrewarding, doesn't it? At that point of the game. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just want to pee. You're like, oh my God, but do I dare? Do I dare? I know. I'll wake this baby just to go to the bathroom. No way. I I remember one time when when Jack, I think Jack was sick or something, and I had him on my chest, and I just like leaned back the rocking the recliner, and I was like, "This is where I'm going to be." And I had to pee, and I was like, "Josh, get me a diaper." <laughs> I'm like, I am not moving. And FYI, for all of you out there, um, diapers do not hold adult. Oh, that's good to know. They don't hold all of that's, it. You can switch it out, maybe. That's but. good to know. It doesn't hold the whole thing. If you switch it out, like you definitely would have to be able to have a pretty good pelvic floor, I think. Wouldn't you? Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, I guess. If you can like stop yeah, the flow of pee, yeah. I mean. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, I suppose early on that would be pretty hard to do. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, if you still have some of those really huge but, pads yeah. from the hospital. then Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those mammoth pads that you'll never use in your life again. Yeah. Is that what I mean? You know, you see these memes on on Facebook, like, you know, a mom, you know, a breastfeeder is like trapped under the baby. And it's like, you know, oh, my phone is just out of reach or the remote is just out of reach or the my water is just out of reach. It's like, right. It's all real. That is all so real. And then they start to feed a little bit faster and get done. And you're like, Mm. what's what's going on here? Why don't you want to stay with me for a long time? Yeah. I don't understand. You know, it's right. And they're like you said, there's that panic like, uh oh, my it must be empty. They must not be getting enough. Yep. But nope, it's fine. Your baby's just evolving. They're becoming more efficient. That's what we want. You know, we want it to get like that. Um, yep. th- one of the next things is that you might start pumping 
um, depending on your lifestyle, depending on when you have when or if you have to return to work, um, what's going on, you know, in your schedule, whatever, you might need to start pumping at that point. Um, And that's always like so much anxiety around that. When do I pump? How do I pump? How long do I pump for? Is it going to take milk from the baby? What time of day do I pump? If I'm feeding the baby 12 times a day, how am I going to pump in between? Like there's so much anxiety around pumping. And that just adds another layer to what you're already trying to figure out on top of it. So don't hesitate. Like if you really are concerned about how to fit pumping into your routine and you're really, you know, it's bringing you enough anxiety that you're just like, oh my gosh, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I have to go back to work in, you know, six weeks and I'm not sure what to do. Like call a lactation consultant. They can walk you through it. They can talk to you about it. They can make a plan with you. I do this all the time with people and really kind of make it not seem so daunting because that really can, like I have moms where they are worrying about pumping to go back to work and the baby is a week old and they're not going back for four months. But that is in their head, you know, Mm. and it's like you just you want to be able to try to enjoy your baby. So that might be creeping up on people, too. Usually in that first month or so, that's they're really starting to think heavily on that. Somebody else wants to feed the baby. So they're, you know, like, should I pump? What should I do? What kind of bottle do I use? How much do I put in that bottle? It's just so many questions around it. Yeah. And so I think that we should be clear that if you are not going back to work, you don't oh, have no. to pump. Mm-mm. If you're not pumping is not essential to breastfeeding. Pumping is simply if you're going to be spending time away from your baby, right. working, whatever. If you're separated from your baby and they need to feed during that time, um, then you would pump. But people think like, oh, I'm having a baby. Oh, I need a pump. That's not an automatic thing. You do not need to be pumping in order to maintain your milk supply. That's no. what your baby's for. I mean, yeah, if you're if you do not have any, you know, big plans to return to work full time, then I would I I try to talk people out of it all the time. It's like if we don't have to, like I don't understand why people are doing it if they don't really need to, you know, because people think they have to because it's just part of this like. It's like, I, you know, I feel like we live in a, a culture where there's so much product. Oh, my gosh. You know, and it's like, you, oh, here's a, here's a product that I need. But you actually don't need all of this stuff um, in order to be successful at breastfeeding or parenting no, in general. No, not, I mean, not even, not at all. And p- you're right, though. People do, like, people will ask me, when do I start pumping? Don't I have to pump to maintain my supply? No. Well, that's the thing, too, is that people just automatically think because of our culture or whatever that 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 you need to be pumping the milk in order to ma- maintain that supply. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's a really, really common yes, thought. Is. And you do not have to. Mm-mm. And you don't. And if it's. But some of you will because you right, have to work. If you have to work. And, you know, that's. And then, you know, I do have people where situations come up or maybe you have to you have to travel or you have a wedding and you need to, right. you know, be away for the day or whatever. Like you said, if you're away from your baby, then you do need to pump. We need to work that out. And it's not something that they're going to do regularly. So the, the logistics of that is really throwing them for a loop because they're not even sure, like, how do I do this? What happens? How do I put my pump together? You know, like all the whole what setting do I put it on? I'm not sure. So there is a lot about around pumping that really brings people 
so many questions. But if you don't have to, oh my gosh, don't do it. If you really don't have to, if you really don't need to, then try to give yourself a break from it. Skip it. Skip it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, how about we? How about we take a break for a uh, word from our sponsor? Would love it. Today's episode is brought to you by Fairhaven Health. With the Milky's Milk Trays, you can make the chore of pumping and storing breast milk easier. The milk trays look like regular ice cube trays, but actually have 16 semi-cylinder cavities that each hold one ounce of breast milk. Your milk is frozen into one ounce sticks. The milk sticks fit through all bottle openings and allow you to thaw just the right amount of milk for each feeding so you are not wasting even a drop of your precious liquid gold. The milk trays come with lids that protect your milk while it freezes and allow for stacking to free up space in your freezer. Once frozen, you can simply transfer the milk sticks to a freezer bag, freeing up your milk trays for more milk. Reusable, environmentally friendly, and made with food-safe plastic, the milk trays can be used for baby food later. Head to fairhavenhealth.com and use promo code BADASS for 10% off of your purchase. And today's episode is brought to you by Nursing Queen. Nursing Queen was started by a nursing mom who wanted to see more stylish options of nursing clothes, especially cute, non-clingy styles that looked great wash after wash, because you know you'll be wearing those tops on repeat. Nursing Queen focuses on designs that look like regular clothes, which you'll wear long after your nursing days. They feature hidden zippers or flaps for easy, one-handed access. Nursing Queen is for the breastfeeder who appreciates great style and quality, but doesn't want to spend a fortune on nursing clothes. From cozy hoodies to dresses to wear to a baby shower or a wedding, the designs and color patterns are gorgeous, just like you. Breastfeeding and taking care of a new baby is challenging enough, and finding something great to wear shouldn't be so hard. Nursing Queen has you covered with top-rated customer service and products, and they're based in the U.S. Check out the entire Nursing Queen collection of tops, dresses, swimsuits, hoodies, and sweatshirts at nursingqueen.com. And you can use code BADASS for 10% off of your purchase. And all of our sponsors and our sponsor links and these promo codes can be found at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com along with breastfeeding resources, all of our other episodes, and information about scheduling your lactation consultation with Diane. Okay, so the next one is, of course, one that always throws people, like, over the edge, and that is pooping. The pooping may slow down. (laughs) And this is, like, I never thought that pooping would be such a fanatical thing for people but oh my god yeah we should do a whole episode on pooping because people are like wow i remember being so freaked out by poop i still am i still Mm -hmm. look i mean you they're like eight and five and i'm still like looking like what's it look like what's in there oh my gosh what does it mean what color is it what color is it what's the consistency what kind of food is in there 
it's just like oh my we gosh. just get so obsessed with it and then with baby poop like mm-hmm. but oh my god they didn't poop today they pooped three times today they didn't poop three times today they only pooped two times today what the, what does it look like it was a lot it was a little bit how much was it like it really wasn't that much <laughs> i mean there's some times where i'd be like how much was there i don't know not, not very much was it as big as a, like a quarter size well yeah I don't know if that's enough. I'm like, it's a baby. How big do you need it to be? You know, like we don't need it to be a ton of poop. Like people get so crazy with the poop. It is like, it's unbelievable. But, and this is always We like, had a poop log. <laughs> everybody does. We had a poop. Yeah, we had a poop log. I think I still have it. I want to find it. I'll put it on the website. Oh my God, it that's was, hilarious. It's like I look at it. I can't even, I like, I think I forgot and then found it again, and I was like, oh, my God. I brought it to my husband, and I was like, look. He's like, wow, we were really, we were really, <laughs> we were really in it. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, I don't know, it's just unbelievable. Like, I can't tell you how many people send me pictures of you poop. You can't not go there. I know. I know it. It's like, it really becomes an obsession. And I think so much of it, too, is because social media is like, oh, my God, your baby needs to do Like, it's so... It's variable from baby to baby, first of all. It is like it can stretch out like in the beginning, they will poop a lot usually and then it'll slow down and then people freak out when it starts to slow down and they're afraid their baby's constipated. I have people at a month that are giving their baby prune juice. That is unnecessary. Like it really, really is. Babies, breastfed babies don't get constipated. I mean, it just – but everybody – is different. Every baby is different. Every human is different. And we all do not poop the same. It would be ideal if we did, although we wouldn't have enough bathrooms right. if everybody pooped at the same time every day. But it really is just so variable. But we become obsessed with knowing when, how many times our baby pooped. And if they, you know, like, what what are they doing? In the beginning, yes, we always, did you baby, how many times did your babies poop? And, you know, whatever, because that right. that tells us that they're feeding well. But after the first month or two, Unless there's something really wrong, like it's like blowing flames out their butt or something as it's coming out, like it's <laughs> which they do I, sometimes. I know. <laughs> I know it. Um, it my actually my daughter today told my son that it smelled like his butt had exploded, but that's a whole different story. So, <laughs> so it really like it's totally, it's totally fine. Like your baby can go a day or two without pooping, and it's it's nothing, no crisis. It really isn't. It's okay. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be, yeah. It changes. It's one of those, another one of those things that's just constantly changing. One of the moms at my um, breastfeeding support group we have on Mondays, she's really funny. And her baby's like, I think he's about six months now. And he was one of those babies that we like struggled with in the very beginning, like not gaining. And it was just like constant. We just, oh my God, we worked so hard to get this baby on track. And he is now, he's perfect. But she goes, she comes in on Monday and she goes, he poops once a week on Sundays like it's like clockwork on Sundays and one of the other moms goes isn't he like uncomfortable during the week she goes on Saturday night but we know it's almost Sunday so it's fine <laughs> like it's just like you do you kind of get to realize like I have people that go oh yeah every third day you know he'll he'll poop and then it'll be you know then it'll go three more days and then it'll poop. like it's just you get into this pattern and then you get used to it but when it first starts to change you really freak out like you just yeah, and then when you get used to it, that'll change. Too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, and then you start salads, and it's a whole other ball game. Like, don't even talk about it. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah of course. So, so this <laughs> next one is 
a good one too. Those evening fussy times. So usually, typically from what I see, this doesn't start until about two, three weeks. So the first two weeks never fails. I have people that say, oh, the baby is just, oh my gosh, just eats and sleeps and is just so content, only cries when he wants to eat, only cries when he wants his diaper changed. And then like that two week mark will hit or that three, you know, like two, three weeks and they are just like a whole different baby. They're just becoming more mad. Yeah, like they're more aware of things that are going on. They're more overstimulated. They're, you know, like just it's so hard for them to just calm themselves. And evening comes and it's a freaking free for all. And they are screaming their heads off. And people are like, oh, my God, what happened? What's wrong? Are they gassy? What's going on with them? Oh, my God. But that's just something that like, I don't know that I've ever met a baby that didn't go through this. Didn't have that really fussy Well, and that's period. another thing. Right. And I think it, we, that that's another milk supply yes. thing, too. People start to get scared. There's no more milk. You know, they're super fussy. They must be because I'm not. Yeah, and it has milk. nothing. The baby just wants to be on the breast all the time at night. So in the evening, they must not be like getting what they need. I don't have any milk in the evening. I hear that all the time. I don't have any milk in the evening. Like your body's like, oh, we're tapped out. Tapped out. We're empty. Yeah. And it doesn't happen like that but your baby just wants to be at the breast constantly because they're they're just they want you they're unsettled and scared and they need that comfort and they just want to be on you the whole time they're not even hungry it's not even a feeding thing i tell people that all the time like it's not even a feeding thing you put them on the breast they don't even eat they just suck a couple times and go to sleep and then you take them off and put them down and they scream you know so it's like it's not a feeding thing. They just want to be connected to you. It has nothing to do with your milk supply at all. They call it the uh, yeah. witching hour. Like five, like from five to seven or something. Yeah, it's totally primal. And I think we've talked about this before that like, you know, in primal days, that's when you had to be most alert during those evening times because yeah. that's when predators come in. And it is very, you know, they're just, they're very unsettled for a couple of hours in the evening. It doesn't mean they're colicky. It doesn't mean that you ate something bad. It doesn't mean any of, and those are all questions that I had today, as a matter of fact, over the yep. witching hour. But it really, it's just what happens. You know, it, it's just what happens with them. They just get really, really fussy after that first couple of weeks. Um, I saw a mom, to actually I saw two moms today, and both of them were right around the same kind of story two of the moms that i saw today were right around the same kind of thing where like after that two week mark they started to change and become a different baby they're fussier maybe they're spitting up a little bit more they're you know like a little bit more vocal about things they're you know and there's like oh my god what's going on is the baby okay is there something wrong i don't understand it wasn't like this the first few weeks and now he's not sleeping where he was sleeping at least a couple of hours now he can't settle now he won't lay down i have to hold him all the time he's unhappy Totally normal stuff. Whatever new comes up with your baby is going to be absolutely terrifying. Okay. It doesn't matter what it yeah. is. I remember when Jack like found his ear <laughs> and he just like would kept reaching up and pulling on his ear. And I was like, oh, my God, what's wrong with him? Why does he keep doing that? Something's wrong with him. I'd be like Googling it, like constant pulling on ear. Like I, I, I was so freaked out by it. And I think like, I don't know, some mom I was with one time was like, oh, he found his ear. And I was like, no, oh, my gosh. <laughs> There's something, something, you know, is wrong. Oh, yeah. No, then he moved on to something I had else. a mom today tell me she thought... She... And I'm, I'm sure I oh, freaked yeah. out about I that, know. too. And I had a mom today tell me she thought she her baby was 
had died because I thought I killed her because she like she gave her some grape water and the baby projectile vomited. She was like, oh, my God, I didn't know, like, was something wrong with her and like ran her to the doctor. And they're like, no, she's fine. (laughs) She's fine. But she does. Yeah. You just like get so like freaked out at every little move that they make. And you just like and then when it changes, you're like, oh, my God, why are they doing that thing? But it's like normal stuff. So in kind of in line with like, OK, he found his ear. Um, they do start to like. Kind of they start to be a little bit more. I don't want to even say social because maybe that's not the word. But those first couple of weeks, you're really like they eat and then they sleep and they cry when you change your diaper like that's really kind of all you're getting out of it or they're laying on you like you said you're trapped under this baby for you know two weeks yeah but after you know after a couple of weeks they start to be awake more in between feedings they're making more eye contact with you you know it's like they're they're you're actually able to interact a little bit more so it it becomes different in that way which is really really nice um, because it doesn't feel like you're just kind of like feeding this baby and then you know that's it um they are they have a really really well developed sense of smell so if you think oh my gosh the baby can smell me or they can smell the milk you're probably right and that's you know that's one of the things they you hold them and they're automatically starting to root around and you know because they can smell you they have a really really developed sense of smell more so than their other senses at that age too yeah, because that's all. I mean, that's what they need, right? They need to be able to find. Yeah, the that's all. I mean, that's just there's I mean, it really is a very, very developed sense of smell. Um, they are still feeding quite a bit. And I think that's another thing that people don't realize is they think, oh, well, in a month, right, they should be taking more milk. They shouldn't be feeding every hour and a half or every two hours anymore. Right. Yeah, they probably still will be. I mean, a month isn't that old. They're, they're still pretty young at a month, <laughs> you know, like oh, it's, it's really not that old. So they are still going to be feeding every, you know, every two to three hours or maybe even more frequently at some times, too. Um, if they're doing that, like, witching hour thing in the evening, they might give you a little bit of a longer stretch after that. Some babies do, but they're still not sleeping. Like, I, I would not expect your baby to sleep through the night at a month. That's. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. No, no way. way. I mean, I know some people report this, yeah. but no. A month? Not even, I mean, my kids did that at, I, know. I don't even know, four or five? Yeah. Actually, least five. I'll <laughs> let you know. <laughs> or if they do, don't expect it to last, because it probably won't. It's a fluke. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, right. right. Um, they are, like... Their nervous system is still really immature. So you're still getting like those startle reflexes and, you know, like all of those little things that are going on with them that is, you know, could keep them awake or it could wake them up. You know, like sometimes babies don't like to be completely swaddled or you stop swaddling them because somebody told you you shouldn't swaddle your baby anymore, which that's one of the newer things. Have have you heard about that one? Anybody ask you about that? Um, I don't think so. No, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I've read, I've read both sides about the whole swaddle thing. Swaddle them, don't swaddle. I don't know. Yeah. And I I swaddled one. I didn't swaddle the other. I don't know. I don't know if there's, I mean, I swaddled mine and they did very well. Um, I mean, some people say that they don't and they're, you know, or they swaddle with the hands out if the babies like to have their hands. But 
one of the reasons why we do swaddle in the beginning like that, other than them being so nice and tight and, you know, kind of closed in like they are in the womb, is that those startle reflexes. So they will wake themselves with that startle reflex. So it's called the moral reflex. So they will like, you know, they'll just be laying there and all of a sudden they'll like, you know, their nervous system, their immature nervous right. system will just like give them a jolt and they'll just like, and then they're awake. So that's still going on with them too. And they still need a lot of physical support. And this is one of the things that I run into a lot with breastfeeding and positioning. Like if moms will tell me that maybe the latch doesn't feel very good or they're having like, you know, some pain with the feeding um, and the baby's a few weeks old. It's like, because I think we kind of figure, well, the baby gained some weight, they should be able to support the weight of their head by now, you know? And it's like, they're still only a month old. They're not that, they're not that old. The, even if they put a pound mm -hmm. on in that first month, they're not going to be able to support the weight of their head yet. You know, it's just not, oh it's gosh, not no enough. Way. Yeah. No. So you do really have to still support them during breastfeeding so that they can sustain the latch well. Um, and that's really important thing to remember too, that they just can't do it on their own yet. No matter how, you know, how much weight they gain in the beginning or how big they are when they're first born. I don't care if they're 12 pounds when they're first born. They're not. Right. Their head's still flopping around like, you know, like crazy. But yeah, that is, those are kind of like the big things that I see a lot um, are the, you know, especially the breast being less full, um, the baby's becoming more efficient, the pooping, like those things are really big that, that I get questions about a lot in that first month. Thanks, Diane. That was awesome. Yeah. Glad to be a helper outer. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you. See you next week. See you next Bye. week. Bye. <laughs>